Welcome to The Broad Pod, just a couple of broads interviewing inspiring women. I'm Becca. And I'm Jackie. Let's get inspired together. Don't forget to stay tuned at the end of the episode for a special surprise for our guest. And thank you to WKWC for allowing us to use their podcast studio. All right, Jackie. I feel like you have something that you want to tell people that you want to talk about. (laughs) Well, I guess by the time this comes out, I will have told Zach if we're having a boy or girl. Yeah. So I haven't even said it on the podcast that I am actually expecting. Right. Um, And we did go through treatments again. And um, on December 4th, I did an embryo transfer. Yeah. And... um, successful and I've felt like garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> felt terrible. I've never known a pregnant Jackie, so this is oh about to get gosh. real interesting. Well, I How have don't you felt? feel, I, I feel yeah, like I garbage. Yeah, I yeah. felt you terrible. Look you look Thank like beautiful you. garbage. I, you were, mm-hmm. I actually beautiful. got ready for you all tonight because I oh, really okay. don't shower much lately. <laughs> I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, it's been a struggle. Yeah, um, with Channing, I was that annoying pregnant lady that's like, blissful and like I feel amazing Mm -hmm. and then with Sylvia I felt like garbage until Uh I delivered her and then Uh the day she came out I was like I feel amazing um and so yeah we'll see the fact that that you feel like like that you felt good with one and garbage with the other doesn't tell me if it's a boy or a girl you know like sometimes they're like oh I feel by this time you all will know like I will share uh, on social media. Yeah, if it's I'm a still mad. Girl. I don't know right now. Yeah, by this time. So okay, I would like um, to say publicly, as public as this is, that my prediction is that it's a boy. Okay. And then I right. have a lot of really nice shoes. You know, all my right. kid just turned two. I just got him some Air Jordans this week. But I those got him some Nike. Like, I, he, I, mm-hmm. I'm just saying that <laughs> if it's a boy or a girl, they can inherit my kids' okay. like mm-hmm. killer shoe collection. All right. Gut hey, feeling I'm, I'm getting boy that's vibes. Recorded. Yes. I'm getting boy vibes. You are. I, I don't okay. know what it is. Okay. We'll see. It's I don't a know. Bob. But see, Jackie likes to be right. And I think. I like to be right. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody. No, like, not like to be right. But like, I feel like you know something I don't know. So now yeah. I think I'm wrong. God, this is, this is, Wait, this is killing she's projecting, me. projecting. Like, somebody, what did I do? <laughs> the mom instinct is real, though. My sister just had one. She knew. She did. From the get-go. <clears throat> okay. We'll see. Oh, God. I we'll will see. say, as somebody who's uh, never been pregnant, mm. you do not make it sound very appealing. I'm um, sorry. And so there are certain <laughs> things that... that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes infertility has its perks, yes. and mine is that I did not have to feel like garbage yeah. it, it for does, that reason, it, at least. Yeah. It comes with some Yeah. But some I'm excited. Stuff. So when, when will this baby be due? August 21st. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So right it's a long ways away to yeah. feel bad. No, that's okay. I'm Man, praying, you're going to be like, play real so, pregnant right in the heat of summer. No that, that's going to be yeah. fun, too. I'm so hopeful, though. Like, I keep saying, like, I'm going to feel better. Like, I'm going to feel better soon. Yes. And that's I believe because it. we're different people. I'm She's it very into like, existence. Mm-hmm. I'm going to feel better. I support anyway. you. Okay. All right. All so right. I think that tonight mm-hmm. or today, whenever this person is listening to this, that we have arguably the coolest oh, guest. Not Yay. arguably. The coolest of the broads coolest. on the broad pod. What? Not arguably. And like, you should feel coolest. very honored. Cue you're the like, air horn. You're around our like, oh 30th broad that we've interviewed. Oh, and my gosh. Lots we of were broad. both sort of giddy about you coming oh in God. here. Well, I'm super happy to be here. This is so... Am I allowed to cuss? 
Yeah. This is so badass what you both are doing. So oh thank God. y'all Ass for having me. isn't even like a cuss word oh, in my no. book. Girl, come on. Come I'll flow left and right though. So I'll, I'll be censored. Now, okay. we know you as DJ Shay, but mm-hmm. your real name, your real name, not that DJ Shay isn't your real name, but Shayna Tennell. Is that how you say your last yeah, name? Yeah, Shayna Tennell. Yeah. Tennell. Okay. All right. So introduce yourself to the listener. Like, are you from Owensboro? So Who are you, boo? I <laughs> am from Owensboro, born and raised. Um, grew up out in Maceo, Kentucky. Oh, nice. So yeah, I was a country girl, if you will. Uh, lived on six acres out there. So I was one with nature back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, sports was the center of my life ever since I can remember all through childhood. And then music, of course, too. I always say if if I wasn't so deeply involved in sports, I would have done more of like dancing and music, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that, but I've never had a voice. So I think that's kind of why DJing is the perfect yeah. uh, thing for me to do. But yeah, born and raised, went to school, Eastfield Elementary, Davis County Middle, Davis County High School, played basketball and softball, graduated from the, uh, the University of Louisville with a degree in psychology. Okay. And I'm then, major. yeah, I was, Minor. <laughs> yeah, goal was to be a, a counselor and a coach. Wow. And then you know, life quickly has its own plans for you. So that took a little. All right. We're going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to start with some icebreaker questions. All right. So what are the top three items on your bucket list? Ooh, the top three on my bucket list. Well, I'd like to say something cool, like I could, you know, I want to skydive or climb a mountain, but yeah. I have a massive fear of heights. Me too. <laughs> so <laughs> I think my girlfriend is determined to get me to skydive. So Oof. maybe one day I'll jump out of a plane. We'll see. Um, to see the Northern Lights is definitely on the bucket mm. list. Uh, uh, me and Sabrina actually have a trip booked to Iceland in June. Oh, wow. wow. But June, I think it's only, I think it's one of the three months that you don't see the lights there. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) why that, yeah, I don't know why we chose that month, but um, maybe I'll get lucky and see it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. It's funny you ask bucket list. When I was in high school, I remember me and a group of friends had, like we had wrote down, you know, bucket list ideas. And then, you know, among whatever else I I put on there, I remember putting whale watching, like to see a whale breach. And, you know, then of course it seems like a, you know, whales are on the, yeah, yeah. 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 Whales on the other side of the world, like, you know, whatever. Well, I got the opportunity to go to Hawaii for my first time in January of 2019. And like off in the distance, you know, you would see splashes in, in January in Hawaii is like peak of well season. So to, to see it, you know, was like very common. Well, fast forward to, let's see, I think it was April of 2022. Me and Sabrina got the chance to go back to Maui. And um, so let's see, April's at the end of well watching season. Mm-hmm. Long story short, chances aren't as great as obviously when I went before. Well, it, on the trip, it was me, Sabrina, her mom, and her mom's best friend. And we get on this boat. And within 10 minutes of being on this boat, this well breaches 40, I'm terrible, 40 feet probably in front of the boat. And the best part about it was I had my camera. I had just looked at my camera to um, make sure the battery, you know, battery was good, whatever. And I had the quickest reaction of my life, y'all. And as soon as that thing came out of the water, I snapped oh the most gosh. epic shot. I'll have to show y'all. Yeah, but it was have to be able to share that. On, epic yeah. <laughs> shot I've ever, you know, captured in my life. But, um, but yeah, that was a bucket list check right there. Yeah, so. that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. So what about your third? Did I miss? Do we have a third? What did I say? Item? Northern Lights. Um, a third bucket list. 
you know, I think about my future in like five, 10, you know, 20 years from now, I just want to be as like comfortable and as happy and like thoroughly satisfied as I am right now. And just to maintain that, I don't know if that's really I a bucket that. list, no, but no, I feel like that's going to be the yeah. ultimate bucket list. Right? Totally. Like, yeah. yeah. I love awesome. that. That's great. Okay. So what Wait, sh- I have a tip oh, actually yeah, as somebody who is like extremely fearful of heights, like have to take a pill before I get on an airplane. Girl, I did indoor skydiving. Okay. Uh, Recently, in the last month. Like month. Yeah, yeah, in the last month. You should go to Cincinnati or wherever you travel a lot um, and do the indoor skydiving because it's like you get the sensation of skydiving without yeah. having to do the heights. Okay. So highly I can recommend that. Yeah. Well, see, you would think. So I went to Cancun with a best friend of mine in middle school on a spring break and we did the. Um, what do you call it? Not bungee. Um, Ziplining. Ziplining. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fun. And I, you know, failed miserably attempting to do it through the jungle. <laughs> but then they got, there was a part of it where you go over the ocean. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, mind over matter. Like, you know, if I fall, I'm in water. water. I can do it. <laughs> Chickened out of that too. Ah. So I don't know. Like my fear is pretty. Yeah. And I don't know if it's really something that's genetic or inherited or whatever, but my mom has a massive fear of heights. Really? So, yeah. I feel that. Um, I ziplined in Maui. Okay. Which was pretty So I'm the only one who's ever been to Hawaii. That is spectacular. Yeah. Maui, Maui is, is heaven on earth. Uh, on I can't a road. Even. Like talking it's, about it, ladies. It's I fine. I can't. You've, You've got to go. Been. It's oh, literally it's gorgeous. Yeah. But there was a fire outbreak here recently. Oh. I'm hoping, right? Is that yes. what it was? Yeah. yeah. Hopefully it's not too bad. But yeah, yeah. Maui's, you have to go. Unbelievable. I'll make sure yeah. to tell my husband. Heck yeah. I'm going to write that down. All right. So what show is your biggest guilty pleasure? I gotta say, One Tree Hill. I don't oh, know if y'all have seen it. it back. Are you even old oh. enough to know what One Girl, Tree Hill is? One Tree Hill is that show. My sister cracks me up with it every like. She calls it every pivotal moment of her life. She rewatches the show because ah. she says she re, you know sees it from a new perspective, oh, which. You know, for her, I think it's an excuse. I know her husband's (laughs) sick of this early 2000 TV show that's on repeat. But um, yeah, One Tree Hill, I'm a rider die for that show. And and me and my girlfriends went to Wilmington, North Carolina, where they film. I was about to say, have you been to Wilmington? I'm from Eastern North Carolina. Oh, I mean, we went there, I don't know, four, four or five years ago. And I mean, the most epic trip, because the cool thing about Wilmington and, and the show One Tree Hill is all the filming locations like even to this day are so similar and you feel still on set you know and I think the show wrapped in like what 2012 yeah. Um, but yeah just Wilmington I mean we even went I don't know if you are familiar with the show but like we even got to go inside like Peyton's house cool. and like trick you know like it's I think now it's some type of packaging company but like we snuck upstairs you know and like That's it cool. all looks you know the stuff on the wall still so yeah I highly recommend One Tree Hill um or going to Wilmington if you've seen One Tree Hill. And then I think another guilty pleasure is the Kardashians for me. Oh, don't I be mean, guilty about that. Girl. I feel guilty about that. The new Kardashians yeah. or the... Like the I just think Kardashians. Like I definitely yeah. I haven't, you know, watched TV shows like I feel like I did in college and whatnot yeah. here recently. But, um, I mean, I've seen them all. I haven't really been as caught up with the last few seasons. But the good thing about, like, Instagram and stuff is you can watch little clips and feel like you're still, yeah. you know, caught mm-hmm. up. But yeah, I've, I ride for the Kardashians hardcore. <laughs> yeah. And I've been in many, you know, debates. Because, I mean, they're easy to hate on. I get it. Yeah. But, like, they're absolute queens. And Kris Jenner is a legend. I know. Oof. I mean, what she has done. I mean, a she legend. I'm still upset empire. about Kim and Pete Davidson breaking up. Really? I know that's like a weird thing. <laughs> but, like, I felt like they were supposed to be in love. Yeah. 
I agree with that. But yeah. See, people my age, so Wilmington is also where Dawson's Creek, if that oh, gosh, reminds yes. anybody. Yeah, that yeah. resonates so more with you me than Wilmington. You can still go yeah. visit their sets and stuff That's cool. um, in Wilmington, too. But Yeah, we stumbled it. into a, a bar, and we were bar yeah. hopping one night, and... It was all Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Cool. And then there was a girl that I was talking to there and she was she was telling me like right here is where I don't know the main character. But anyway, Casey so like or Dawson, same kind yeah. of yeah, same kind of thing, I guess. And it's cool how I think they filmed similar year. Like was, same I think they like overlapped crossed, a little yeah, bit a little like bit. at the end of Dawson's Creek, beginning of One Tree Hill. Yeah. yeah. So I bet Wilmington was popping, especially yeah. for like those college like WB girls and stuff. shows yeah. or whatever channel. Yeah. Those were like Oh yeah. I love a good teen drama. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it's so everybody's like if you watch that for the first time now, it would be so cringe. And like it definitely, you know, is like there's yeah. definitely those moments, but I mean, I, I would say every high schooler should watch One Tree Hill, you know, at least yeah. once because yeah. there's so many learn like lessons yeah. to learn. They you touch know? on a lot of different things, yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> All right, last icebreaker Who would you want to play you in a movie about your life, and what would the title be? Molly Cyrus is I only say her because actually I see it. Well, I only say it because I think I went through a phase there a few years ago where I was really looking like a Cyrus girl. I had (laughs) the very so I worked at Beef O'Brady's and I went up to a table. I mean, it was midday, two ladies probably in their 50s, and I had walked up to them to greet them. And of course, you know, I'm bubbly. I'm like, hey guys, I guess my country twang came out a little bit. I don't know what it was. But the the lady gasped and she was like, Molly? And I, I was like, <laughs> I totally see it. Like, I can't I, unsee I, it. Now. Well, I was like, I didn't see it before. Really? I well, it. I was like, Molly. And then she was, you know, of course, like, Molly's hired. She looked just like her. So I was really thrown off by that. Well, then a couple months later, I was at a an EDM concert down in Nashville and I had a hat on and, you know, it's dark in there. And um, I had a girl come up and she like nudged my hat up. Like, <gasps> Yeah, she I'm like, like nudged my hat up and she was like, Brandy? And I was like, uh, no, I'm Shayna. And she's like, girl, I thought you were Brandy Cyrus. <laughs> so, I mean, I still didn't even, I didn't even know who Brandy was. Like, I'm a, I like Molly, but yeah. I'm not like very, you know, whatever with the family. So I had Googled it and it said Molly's sister. And, you know, at Beefs, that just happened a couple months ago. So I was like, that's kind of a coincidence. A couple months later, this all happened in the same like year. So yeah. I definitely feel like I went through a phase. I don't know if it was the hair I had rocking or what but anyways <laughs> I got an Instagram message from a friend of mine that said it was a it was she had forwarded me a picture that Trish Cyrus their yeah, mom had mom. posted yeah. and it was a throwback of her and anyways this girl was like have you ever been told you look like a younger version of Trish <laughs> I was like this is weird at this point you yeah. know but no I think besides the look I think if I did have to pick an actress um Probably Jennifer Lawrence. I was yeah, gonna say the I same see that thing. Too. You know, yeah. I mean, yes. I feel like I was gonna say she, it. Yeah, I feel like she like embodies in every. And I haven't seen all of her movies, but I feel like in any movie that I've seen her act in, she always exhibits such like like she's strong, she's confident, she's mm-hmm. true to herself. You know, she's relatable. She's it? relatable, yeah. and she's, she's a, Kentucky, a Kentucky girl. She's a Kentucky I mean, girl. Yeah, cool. So that's probably she's the most really of, funny if you've seen her in interviews. She's yeah, hilarious. her sense of humor. Yeah, it's yeah. on point. But you do like I. I think you look <laughs> oh like Miley's gosh. mom. Oh, see, Trish. I I'm, I'm more think. familiar with like the Cyrus's than I should be. But like you, definitely, I can see the younger version of the mom for oh, sure. Yeah, I'll definitely I'll pull up the picture that I was sent, but I could see it. So what would the name of the movie be? I don't know. Um, 
I don't know, Life of DJ Shay. I don't know. What, what, okay. would it, what would it be? I don't know. Y'all tell me. What I, don't would be know. Cool... I don't even know what the ma- name of my movie would be. <laughs> it's I'm a t- tired. That would be the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe we'll know. By the end of this, yeah, we'll let's know think what of the something. title yeah, of your movie will we'll be. We'll think of it. All right. So you are arguably the hottest DJ in the local area and probably beyond. Hey, so I'll how does that, how does that happen? How do you go from a psychology degree at Louisville to, to being a DJ? Yeah. So it's actually a very very privileged beginning for me, I would say. And and I'm definitely aware of it. And I try to be as transparent as possible just because I have had, you know, people reach out, whether it's through social media or, you know, approach me, you know, saying this is a pipe dream of mine. Um, I was very blessed in the sense of, you know, when I had graduated college, my dad was sick. So I moved back here to Owensboro and um, the year he passed, 2016, the following year, I went to countless music festivals all across America. And then in the midst of traveling, you know, coming back home at the time, you know, it was right after college. So I was definitely, you know, partying on the weekend, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And every party, you know, I would always be the one on the ox cord. Like I've always had um, the passion for music. And then I feel like a knack to kind of read a room. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I appreciate and, and like all genres of music well I shouldn't say all but you know a lot of a lot of genres and I think that coming back home and just people you know seeing my travels at the time I was documenting a a lot of it a guy by the name of Jordan Fulkerson approached me once and he was like I think you should DJ like how cool would that be I'm like you know of course at the time I'm thinking that would be epic but it's unobtainable you know like you know whatever Well, he took it serious. And at the time, his uncle was a wedding DJ here in Owensboro. And, you know, he had told him about me, you know, hey, this girl, blah, blah, blah. Well, he had passed him um, my contact information. A couple months later, you know, never me thinking it was actually going to come through. You know, I'm still, I'd come home, work at Beefs, like double straight through, and then would skip town and, you know, go to music festival or, you know, travel. So one time I was home and, and he called and he's like, hey, it was a Saturday and he's like, Hey, I have a, I'm double booked tonight. I have a, um, gig at the ice rink. It's like for, I don't know. It was like teenagers. Yeah. And he said, if you, if you can meet me at the ice rink, um, two hours prior, I'll give you a crash course and, you know, I'll pay you X amount. So I was like, yeah, man, I'll be, you know, nothing to do. I'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, if I can get paid to play music, I'm about to go to this party tonight. I wouldn't be getting paid to, you know, play yeah. music, whatever. So I go to, the, I go to the ice rink. I mean, Literally, I'm like a squirrel, so my attention span. I mean, I know he he really tried to teach me the best he could, but I remember just you know absorbing how to put a song on deck, you know, play it, fade that channel up, and then fade it down just to fade the next one up. Like it was super basic stuff. Well, I did it, and while the party was going on, I had taken a video of myself. I think even my like my mom and sister showed up, you know, whatever. Yeah. We had taken a video of myself doing it and posted it on a social media, I think Snapchat. And Katie Keller, who at the time was, she's a friend of mine. And at the time she was on the Friday after five committee. Mm-hmm. She calls and she's like, Hey girl, I want to put you on the party pier in two weeks. Wow. Ooh. So yeah. So, um, I had two weeks to rally, you know, of course I'm stupid hype. I borrow equipment from somebody. Again, I get up there at Friday after five and have no idea what I'm doing. You know, like <laughs> what year was this? Make it till you make it. <laughs> this was 2018. Okay. Okay. I may be off, but I think 2018. Okay. And I had no idea what I was doing. Get up there. You know, I definitely think what 
what elevated the show for, you know, because my mixing was not good, but just <laughs> I was engaging, like I was interacting with yeah. the crowd. And when I play, it's it's really hard for me not to dance. And especially that show. I mean, I would just hit a song and like want to go crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, the rest is history after that night. I mean, it literally inquiry started flooding in. And so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely privileged in the sense of the way it kind of fell in my lap mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I'm aware of it and and I'm blessed for it for sure. But you also took advantage of the opportunity. Totally. Yeah. 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 I mean, I capitalized and, you know, weddings started coming in. At first, I think I I was like, ooh, like, because I had already, you know, been to all these music festivals and seen them on the big stages. So I'm thinking, you know, that's where I want to go. That's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. Well, then I quickly realized that like the wedding industry, especially where we were located is where it's at. Like the Mm -hmm. consistency, all of that, you know, I've been offered some pretty cool gigs but nothing that's going to money wise, at least like, you know, like I've, I've been offered two residencies out in Vegas oh, wow. and yeah, that's cool. well, one didn't align with my schedule. It, it would have been, it would have been good money wise, but the other one, I mean, it was like basically me drinking for free while I was playing, yeah. you know, a yeah. f- couple nights a week and I don't even drink when I, especially yeah. when I'm playing. So yeah. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just didn't align with, with who I was. And then, but yeah, so, and, and I think it's interesting going back to the psychology degree. It's like, I think God knew that I needed to help people somehow. And like, that's what feeds my soul. But I think it's interesting. He was like, well, you want to be a counselor and a coach, but I have a better idea for you. Like, yeah, let's that. put you behind a DJ booth. You know what I mean? And yeah. and have you potentially impact people in a positive way that way. So yeah, I'm super blessed to do what I do. It's it's amazing. And I definitely don't take it for granted. I just think it's like such a, a skill that I don't have. <laughs> but to, I mean, I was, I was the technical part of it, but just like the ability to read a room, like I just, I feel like like. A a wedding there's a lot of pressure there like how do yes. you like how do you do that like, yeah weddings are interesting I mean I kind of know so each bride and groom really sets the tone you know so prior like I just left a client meeting that I was late for and that's why I was late here and it's like you know I already know just from that 45 minute meeting kind of how her wedding's going to be and and a lot of that's just you know a learned thing as I've gone through it but a lot of it too is I've, I've always been very intrigued by people mm-hmm. and I you know studied them for a while and you know as while I was getting my degree and whatnot and yeah it's it's honestly fast you know it's work but I enjoy it I yeah. enjoy you know it kind of being the challenge of you know who's going to enter into this reception and and I got to get the dance floor popping so let's see how long it takes me and stuff like that but I think the the beauty too of, of receptions especially in Owensboro is a lot of them want that party music and they hire me to want that party music. So mm-hmm. there really is a standard playlist that 75% of the time I could get by with, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It's just a matter of the flow of it. A couple, couple of brides ago that we met, her wedding's midsummer and, you know, they're super into rock music. Uh-huh. So with that, it's going to be interesting just because you definitely have some rock music played at receptions, but it's just something I'm going to have to really navigate as far as keeping everybody entertained, but also keeping the bride and groom, groom entertained, yeah. you know, because they want that like heavy metal rock music. Ooh, so yeah, yeah. So that, that was a kind of a curveball for me. But <laughs> for the most part, you know, of course, y'all, you were at Katie, you're both yes. at Katie yeah. Cecil's, you know, it's that kind of reception. And, so and that's, fun. that's why so they good. hire me. Yeah, because they want the, the upbeat party, you know, dance yeah. music. So and Katie was like, I want to dance the whole night. And she did not stop. Yeah, and it was that like early 2000s, was like hip hop, like, you know, the stuff Heck that we yeah. know all the lyrics to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we were good. like, oh. 
Yeah. We had not in a while. <laughs> yeah. What is, so are there things that like the average person wouldn't think are challenging about being a DJ or rewarding? Mm, the average person. Or beyond just like reading the room, like are there other challenges? I mean, for me, it's an organization thing. You yeah. know, I think that not only can I, you know, keep and maintain the skill set of reading the room and stuff, but especially in the wedding scene like there's so much I have to prepare as far as the timeline and as far as all that goes and even moving out of weddings you know there's a lot of events I'll do that are private parties that there's an itinerary for the night so if we get there and you know we eat for a certain amount of time or if there's an award ceremony or Mm -hmm. you know whatever the case may be I'm very type a and I have some coordination you know whatever coordinating um background so it's hard for me not to really you know I try to be respectful especially if there is a coordinator Mm -hmm. but try to find that balance because a lot of the times leading up to weddings you know things will be said and I'm like "Mm, you might want to rethink that or you know whatever so I pride myself in you know trying to be the DJ for them and the MC, but also the coordinator in a sense, yes. especially yeah. once we get to the reception because, or, or ceremony too, you know, especially if they hire me for the ceremony package, the coordinators get to get to kind of step back a little bit and not feel all the pressure because I'm also there to, to help with the flow. Yeah. I feel like the DJs are like a massive oh my God. part of a wedding that like the, you're the flow. Mm-hmm. The whole flow of it. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's I mean, that would scare me. Just control the energy <laughs> of the whole. Yeah, I mean, totally. You know, that's a sure. lot of work. And be like the you know some broads, and I and I encourage it because I'm a people person. But you know some broads will really capitalize on my personality and and kind of use me as a therapist, if you will, through the process. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and I like that because whatever's going to alleviate, <laughs> yeah, whatever's going to alleviate some of the stress, you yeah. know, put yeah. that towards me. Like yeah. I, I can handle it and I'll, I'll help you navigate through it. And yeah. So I just, I don't know. I love the whole thing of it. It yeah. makes me happy. That's awesome. Now, okay. So this, is it an April? When is it coming? There's July, July 6th. Yeah. You're going to be at the Beaver Dam Amphitheater. Ooh, yes. My husband got us tickets. Yay. And it's going to be like O-Town, Chris Kirkpatrick. LFO. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, It'll be a good one. How did this, and you're opening, yeah, right? Opening. So how did that, that come about? So, so I have to give it, give all credit to Heath Eric. Um, he, I mean, his whole group is amazing, the Eric group, but he is the reason I opened for Vanilla Ice and Tone Loke back yeah. in, I don't know when that was, pre-COVID. So I guess... 2020, early 20, when did COVID hit? 2020? 2020. Yeah. yeah. 2020. So that was over in Beaver Dam. I don't think at the amphitheater. I think there's another venue. Okay. This will be my first time at the amphitheater. At least it's what he says. Um, and it's supposed to be badass. So I'm yeah. excited for that. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, but so Tone Loke, Vanilla Ice, they were going to do another show during COVID. It got canceled, which I was going to open for them for again. Tone Loke got out of the equation after COVID. Vanilla Ice came. Um, I can't think of who the opener was. CNC Music Factory. Oh, my God. So that was cool. I got to open for them over in Madisonville last year. And then I knew they were going to switch it up this year, the Eric group. And so, yeah, then then he called me and and said who it was. And I was like, early 2000s is right up my... I mean, I like 90s music, but 
early 2000s is where it's at for me. Yeah. So yeah. that's going to be a good one. I was a big NSYNC girl. Huge. Oh, right so, here too. Backstreet um, Boys and oh NSYNC. Yeah. yeah, all day. So, I mean, Chris oh. Kirkpatrick. I mean, he's not Justin Timberlake. But, like, yeah, I mean, still, just still. Like, still I'm like, the one vibe. degree away. Yeah. So totally. That's, that's awesome. So cool. And then LFO. Hi, it's July like 6th. Summer Girl. I was yes. fan. I Summer Girl's great. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good one. All right. So then I went this past Saturday night to the lip sync battle. Yeah. Um. And I also went, we'll talk about it, but um, my son loves the Grinch. So I went to your fundraiser too for, for puzzle pieces that you hosted. Um, but you're one of the competitors in this year's puzzle pieces lip sync battle. What made you want to compete in that? Um, and like, how long did you have to rehearse? Like, tell us just about like what, what that looked like. Cause y'all were awesome. And you got to be like the closing. Yeah. The finale. Yeah. Oh, it was and an it was amazing so experience. Good. So Amanda and me go back. Amanda Owen, mm-hmm. um, she actually coached me in softball back okay. in high school. She was an assistant coach and I've always loved her, always loved her mission, supported the lip sync battle and puzzle pieces. I used pre all the previous years, I would make a bunch of the mixes for the teams. Okay. Um, so Amanda called me, I think it was early October and said that asked if I was available and if I would be interested that she was going to do a wild card battle. And of course I was, you know, without hesitation, um, there for it, but yeah, so it was an easy yes for me. And then as far as like the fundraiser goes, I knew I wanted to do something, you know, that had DJ and incorporated in it. But mm-hmm. then I feel like so many of my shows kind of target the older crowd. When I say older crowd, I mean like adults, right? Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I want to do something, you know, for the family. So I think, what, let's see, she called me early October. We had our first rehearsal um, end of October, our first group rehearsal with Music Studios because I partnered with them through it. A lot of the boys that, sorry, I go off on tangents like a squirrel, but anyways, a lot of the boys that'll dance with me on stage um, had been members or had went to Music Studios. So um, when it all came about with Lip Sync Battle, of course, I partnered with them. Leanne Music, I don't know if y'all are familiar with her. She's a freaking powerhouse. Mm -hmm. I just made a post earlier about, you know, shouting them out, thanking them. But all those, you know, kids, staff, everyone that she has under her there are just the most professional, like motivated, driven, young, you know, people ever and all good vibes there. Um, But anyways, what was I saying? So group rehearsal, first one at the end of October, early November. I think we had another group rehearsal. And then I was like middle of November. I think it was three weeks from this fundraiser. I was like, okay, I need to figure out, you know, I got New Year's Eve coming up. A lot of things are going to quickly approach before the lip sync battle. I need to think about what I'm going to do. Well, all of my weekends were full Friday and Saturdays with, you know, private parties or weddings. So it's like a Sunday party would be cool. Well, I'm a huge um, Amy Morgan Hildebrandt, you know, they're my girls and and they own the Grand Staple venue. And um, so I'd called Amy and, you know, she was like that Sunday I had, I think I had mentioned the first two Sundays of December. And I was like, you know, if we could capitalize in December on it, we could do Christmas theme, whatever. Anyways, it worked out. Sally from Welburn's is my girl too. And she had, she had decorated for a private party that Friday night prior to, you know, to the Sunday party and then just let everything stay. So that, that worked out for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, all the businesses in Owensboro, I know it's been a while and I'm trying to rack my, you know, rack my head to make sure I thank everyone that had something to do with it. But the businesses in Owensboro definitely stood out to me as far as calling them. And I think as soon as I mentioned puzzle pieces, it was like, yes, you can come today, you know, here's, here's a hundred dollar gift card, whatever, $20 gift card. And 
it was for me, you know, Amanda, she had even come to the fundraiser and she had brought tears to my eyes just thanking me and, you know, saying this is because of you. And I'm like, Amanda, no, like they didn't care who I was. As soon as I said puzzle pieces, it was here you go, you know? Yeah. And I think that just represents like how amazing of an organization they are for sure. So yeah, the fundraiser went um, absolutely amazing. Music studio stepped up to help. All of my family and friends did. We had the best character meet and greets. I mean, you saw, yes. I mean like that Owensboro Grinch was top notch. I had the best picture I Girl, have to show it to you after this I, of my kid. He was scared to death of the Grinch, who he loves, but it's like the he, best. It will be in his wedding someday. You know, like I'll show was, that picture. The Grinch was the most, in, I mean, the Santa Claus, everybody was so professional and amazing, but the Grinch definitely, I think it was his first official gig. Really? You would have never yeah. known? Because, you know, you think like, oh, they're going to have a Grinch at something. He's going to have like a mat, like Mm-mm. just like this. I mean, it was latex. I mean, the makeup and everything. And then Cindy Lou Who. I mean, it was so good. So Cindy Lou Who is a good friend of mine. Um, It's the owner of Brewbridge. Yeah. Taylor. Yeah. 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 Um, And that was like a couple days before I was like, hey, girl, will you be this ordered Amazon thing? And she showed up and literally rocked it. Like so many of my, you know, younger, (laughs) like my friends as kids was that was the highlight for them with Cindy Lou Who. But we had a deci- we did a silent auction, of course, and then the vendor booths, food truck, you know, coffee truck, all that good stuff. But in the four hour span, I, it was over six thousand that we raised. That's, awesome. That's amazing. Which gives me chills because it's like that was a you know over a th- three week preparation. Yeah. You know, That's and awesome. we didn't have a lot of you know, opportunities, you know, we didn't charge to get in. Right. You know, so it was kind of, for me, I thought that was amazing. And I hope it's the first of many fundraisers for me. I thought it was great the way you did it too, because you could like, it was almost like a carnival, like you bought tickets and then certain, like Santa was a certain number of tickets. The Grinch was a certain number of tickets. Yeah. I think my husband bid on every silent auction and didn't (laughs) win anything. And he was like, well, I'm going to rack it up. So even if people outbid me, it's more money. And I was like, (laughs) I love it. All right, boo. But if you win, we're going to have to pay for that. No, yeah, yeah, no, that was, was was cool items in there I definitely I think it's a learn as you go thing I had some people give me feedback something about with a silent auction if you do buckets and like everybody just puts a ticket in there and it's like a drawing or something oh I don't know I don't know yeah I need to to see what would be the best you know because yeah. I plan on doing it every year so and that'd that be cool venue, I had never been out to that venue either that's so great things oh my gosh it's beautiful but I know Morgan she's lovely oh it's yeah so- they're both I mean yeah. They, that venue, I don't know if, I don't know when it was established, but I know. Recent. Yeah. The first one I did out there, it was even before the, like the building was done. We, Sally had put some tents up, you know, alongside the back. And, um, I mean, just like the scenery in itself was gorgeous. And then now that the venue's done, I mean, it's. beams and, you know, but it's it's also so, like, it's big. Yeah. It was, it was beautiful. So that, I thought that was good for them too. Just some exposure and getting maybe some people out there who didn't even know that it was out there. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think within no time they're going to be booked out for a while because we're honestly venue deprived. I feel like in Owensboro. So we could use even more, but for sure. Well, and so your actual like lip sync battle performance, I hate it. Like I wish everybody could have won because Mm -hmm. I don't know. Did you get to see the other, the group you competed against? Did you get to see their performance at all? So I went back. So when we were backstage, they had a screen up. Yeah. And like, I don't know Corey personally yeah. um, prior to this. I mean, I knew of him, of course. And I, I think we had met prior at like a Thoroughbreds game or something. Mm-hmm. But like after 
after the whole experience and, and you know just being in the same environment like I love him and I yeah. love all of those guys that got on stage like I think in my the post I just did recently or tonight it was like I want to make a special shout out for yeah. Corey Wilford and friends because I want to go on record that that's the finest group of men <laughs> yeah. that have ever walked on that stage I have never wanted to be a folding chair so, so bad. bad in my life and anybody you need to go and you need to look at Wonder Boy Media and, yeah. and watch the video but there were mm-hmm. yeah I was uncomfortable yeah, I graduated was, high school with a couple of those guys yeah well um, I was, yeah, that was, it was a good time but it was, it was so hot. cool because you had so many people up there on stage like yeah. the energy and then you had some of the like puzzle pieces clients that danced with mm-hmm. you or like there was a special yeah all that, abilities when it when I first got asked to do it, I remember telling Amanda, um, and I'm blanking on his name. I'm terrible with names, but he's a member of, is it Chris? Anyways, he's a member of Puzzle Pieces. And there's been some events I've done in the past where I've DJed and he's hopped up on the, you know, yeah, yeah. The, the mixer with me. So at the time I was like, hey, would, you know, he'd be interested in doing that. Well, then that transcended into Leanne, like, hey, I got a group of all abilities that, you know, do this, like come in for classes. You know, we could pull six, seven of them and rock it out, which was the perfect situation. And they killed it. And I don't know if, you know, it was a lot of bodies moving in and out, but the main girl with the microphone when it was the all abilities, Mm -hmm. Bobby Joe, I mean, she has my heart. She is, she was the best girl. And, you know, me and my girls are like, next girls night, we're inviting Bobby Joe. Like she was, yeah, she was the best. Well, it was like, it was a nice reminder too, besides like this, the fun and everything that everybody was having of like why we were there too and what we were supporting like mm-hmm. in action. So yeah, that was yeah. really cool. Totally. All right. So you were the first member of the LGBT community that we've interviewed on the broad pod. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what has that journey been like for you in Owensboro as somebody who grew up in Owensboro and as a public figure in Owensboro? Yeah. So that is an interesting topic for me. So all through high school, I knew I found girls attractive. Um, And I think I battled with myself because I also found guys attractive. Mm -hmm. So um, I think for a while I didn't really make much of it because, to be honest, in high school, sports was the center of my world, like I said earlier. Um, And every season I was playing ball, whether it was basketball or softball and travel ball or conditioning, you know, et cetera. And I really never dated or, you know, had anything serious um, through high school. And I've also always been very headstrong um, and didn't have time for a relationship if you will. Um, plus, I didn't like the thought of being held down, if we're being honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, I've always been very free-spirited by nature, so I think the kissing, um, you know, girls at parties, etc., just felt like it wasn't anything more than being free-spirited. You know, I didn't put much weight towards it. It wasn't until college when I moved to Louisville um, that I really even understood that bisexuality was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving to a bigger city and seeing life for you know what it really is, diverse was the best thing for someone like me because it really you know brought a lot of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And you know that's absolutely nothing against Owensboro. I think you know mm-hmm. everybody has different journeys and whatnot, but I think living in a small town, sometimes people get conditioned and put blinders on in Mm -hmm. a sense, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And it works for some people, but I think that the world is moving in a better direction, at least in the sense of everyone able to, you know, access information and at least be allowed the choice to be more open-minded. Yeah. If that makes sense. But Mm -hmm. anyway, so I think being a bisexual female, I know it's a controversial, you know, topic, but I truly feel like sometimes we have it worse just because, um, 
let's take someone who was only attracted to one gender. Without question, you realize that there's a really strong urge to acknowledge it and you act on it because there's really no in between for you, you know, Mm -hmm. like whether it's the same sex or opposite sex, there's really no questioning yourself. But as a bisexual, at least for me, growing up, you kind of battle with that and you, you know, it's not as black and white, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I remember having thoughts of like, okay, I could be normal and be accepted and I could probably be with a man for the rest of my life um, and maybe I'll be happy and I would be considered normal, you know, quote unquote normal if if I was with an opposite sex. But then I quickly came to terms with it's an outdated way of thinking and then I need to live my life to the absolute full truth and be who I am um, because there might be another little shade that comes along the way, you know, that that has these, you know, same battles and whatnot. Um, But I think the coming out journey all happened fairly quickly for me. You know, once I was personally aware and confident in who I was, I came out to my family and close friends first. um, And I was so fortunate that my family and friends were so accepting and really, you know, not one thing changed after. And I know that's not the case for everyone. Um, And it absolutely breaks my heart to think of, you know, the ones who do come out to their family and, you know, they get disowned or they get they they make them feel like, you know, they shouldn't feel this way or, you know, whatever. And and that they're wrong for owning their truth. I think it's a crazy world we live in that that's even still, you know, that you even have to come out. You know, it all seems a little very outdated to me, but I try to have faith that any little girl or boy that's struggling with their, you know, sexuality when they're ready you know, to live their life to the fullest and exactly how they want that when they come out, the people that matter, you know, will love them unconditionally. Yeah. Did you, when you came out, did you come out as bisexual to your family? Yeah. So I think it was even because I was dating at the time. No, I wasn't dating at the time whenever I came out as bisexual, but I think I had come out bisexual and then started dating a guy so I think for me, it was just the feeling of being mm-hmm. a- attracted to both, you know? So yeah, when I came out, it was to my mom, or I came out to my sister first. It's It was funny how it happened because she had called me saying she was having a bad day and kind of broke down. And I was like, you know, Felicia, I don't know. It just somehow, you know, it was yeah. like, <laughs> I took the, you know, whatever she was having off her mind to be like, look, I'm bisexual. You know, I don't know. It was, <laughs> it was funny how it came out. <laughs> And then with my mom, it was kind of one of those things that once you say it, you know, once you say it, it's like you want the world to know. Yeah. Like, I totally get that. But then for me, you know, I've always had I've always felt pretty good balanced as far as, you know, I I definitely put a lot of stuff out there on social media Mm -hmm. just because of the line of work I do. But I also don't like I, I don't really, you know, and I always have people like you need to, you know, you could be an influencer, you know, like you should really put yourself out there and. I might get to that place, but even then I remember it was all that really mattered to me was my family and friends, you know, and I've never really been like a secretive hidden person. If Mm -hmm. if that makes sense, like I've always been very free spirited and I don't know if wild is the right term because I'm, you know, that's not it, but just, you know, I was never afraid to like kiss a girl at a party or something. I think it was just, you know, And I want to back up because I don't want to do injustice to when I say I think bisexuals have it worse. You know, I think also being a female, we have it a lot easier Mm -hmm. than guys. You know, it's I know being a, you know, being a bisexual female to guys, especially is looked at as like attractive or hot. You know, that's a guy, whatever. And with a guy, it's, you know, it's double standard, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I definitely don't want to make it seem like, you know, you know, whatever, anything's worse than everybody's journey is different, but, but yeah, I hope that answered your question. Well, well, and part of the reason I asked that is I I have friends who were bisexual, but when they came out to their families, they, they said like, I'm a lesbian or I'm, I'm gay because they were worried that they didn't want to give their families in that process, any sort of ambiguity. Totally. Um, and so they thought like, I just need to be yeah. like, I need to like, see, that's what, yeah. it's easier I got for people to accept. That goes back to what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. totally. It's, yeah. it's also interesting. And that's why I just, I, th- you know, even me identifying as bisexuality, like when I think back to all the flings I've had and all the, sh- you know, whatever relationships I've had, it's like, I definitely think that I am more emotionally connected to a female, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you really look at it, like it's, everything's just so, you know, fluid. I don't it's know the right word. No, I mean, it's, it's a sexuality it is. is a spectrum. It's a spectrum. I mean, it's a, yeah. So some people are like, well, I definitely find, you know, this guy attractive, but I'm, you know, lesbian. It's like... It just sucks how everybody has to be in like a box, yep. you know, and like labeled. And and I definitely hope as a world we get to the point of you don't have to come out. Like you don't have to be like, oh, I'm this. Because as you grow up, you know, that could change. Like yeah. you could, you know, identify more with whatever through whatever season. Like I have a, a friend who's a bisexual female, but she's married to a man. And she, I mean, it's very complex for her because she feels like, well, people just assume I'm straight then. And like, I don't feel like I'm being authentic. Totally. I don't know. It's just, you know, yeah. there's just so it's many there, layers to there it. There is so many so. layers. But I think we're getting better as a society for sure. So we've heard you talk about Sabrina. Like, what do you what do you want to tell us about your boo oh, thing? So <laughs> my girlfriend, Sabrina, we were actually friends in high school. OK. Um, and I feel like we always say we met each other for like the first time whenever. So we knew each other in high school. Like we were friends, like we had mutual friends, you know. Um, and I feel like we always had a pull towards one another. But at the time, you know, it was an innocent like like we gravitated towards one another because of our sense of humor is being similar, you know, something like that. And then when we graduated high school, so I was a year ahead. So I went off to college anyways, when she graduated high school, she moved to Orlando with her mom and then she ended up moving out to California. So there was like, you know, years there where, you know, she would come home and we might be at the same party or something, Mm -hmm. but our, our worlds were definitely not, you know, aligned by any means. Like I said, I worked at Beef O'Brady's when I graduated from college um, and after some time there, she started working there as a server. And that's why I say it's like we met each other for the first time because it was as though, you know, we always knew each other, but it was just we had both grown. We grew a little bit yeah. as individuals. Um, but, yeah, we, we call it the like the OG, like the beefs OG squad, you know, <laughs> but we were all, you know, like every free night going bowling, going, you know, the casino, whatever. And. At the time, it was playful, you know, flirting, you know, between me and her. And it's interesting when when you do it with the girl, because when it was with the guy, you know, it's like it's kind of mutual from the start if there's flirting. Yeah. But with the girl sometimes and I'm very flirtatious by nature. So, um, yeah. So I remember just thinking, you know, is this more than that? And I know we've talked about it and she thought the same thing. Um, but once we once there was that like first kiss and it's funny because you see it all the time in like the lesbian world it's like you say that each other for the first time and like you don't you know your bags are you know there yeah, like you, you don't all the next yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and that's totally true yeah we said say the night with each other for the first time and it was history since but prior to us getting together we took a trip out to california just me and her so we were just in that flirtatious like you know friend vibe and 
drove from Kentucky all the way up to San Francisco. Wow. Oh, wow. And then, yeah, we were in my, uh, I had a Chevy Cruze at the time. So, I mean, it was tight. <laughs> so we drove from Kentucky to San Francisco, down Highway 1, down the coast to San Diego. And then on the way back, which I think we spent like, I don't know, eight, 10 days doing that. On the way back through Coachella Valley, we passed a Coachella music festival sign. Mm-hmm. So this was end of March of 2019 as we were coming back home and passed the sign. I don't remember who was driving, who Googled, but somebody Googled when was the Coachella Music Festival and it was two weeks away. So we went back home. You know, of course, we were both working at Beefs, worked doubles, yeah. worked our booties off and then drove back to California oh my gosh. <laughs> to the Coachella Music Festival. And she had bought a car in the meantime because um, my Chevy Cruze, I don't know if it would have made it back out. <laughs> uh, no, but it was a little more spacious than my Cruze. But anyways, yeah, we drove back out. Um, and I think that trip really set the tone for like how our relationship was going to be. You know, yeah. we've always made sure, you know, budget wise and everything we've traveling is mm-hmm. a big thing for us. It, it very therapeutic for us and we both just highly enjoy it yeah that's you all must have yeah. enjoyed each other if you could be in, I was the gonna car. Say, oh, could be in a car so that, that was together i mean that's yeah so that was 2019 <laughs> and then you got to think that was covid hit 2020 so i mean it wasn't long i mean we had like a six month i don't know whatever the math is on that where we were freely traveling and then covid hit so we were you know locked down together yes um which if I think if you can get through the COVID lockdown oh, yeah. too, you know, it, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, awesome. she's my girl. She's amazing. She definitely grounds me. We're very similar in a lot of ways, but we're also very, very different. I mean, you know, they say opposites attract, yeah. but I think there is truth to that because yeah, like she, where I'm like crazy, she's, you know, my soundboard. She like definitely centers me. So. And she was up there dancing with you. On How Saturday about that? Yeah. I mean, it was out of her comfort zone. I can tell y'all she'd be rather, she'd rather be doing anything than <laughs> be on stage that stage. Two thousand people. A hundred percent. But she got up there and she rocked it and she looked awesome. so hot up there. She and said, I'm doing it for my booze. Exactly. Like, yeah, she was like, awesome. period. I'm getting up there. But, um, she's just the best. Yeah. She's, I mean, I don't know. Y'all probably all obviously don't know me personally, but, uh, I'm very impulsive, mm-hmm. you know? And she's just the strategic, like she's going to, you know, think everything through right. logic. It's like you need each other. Totally like, yeah. need each other. Yeah. That's she's awesome. my girl. But so does she run um, at that fundraiser you had? Does she run the 360 yeah. camera? Okay. Yeah. Cool. So during our travels, you know, we would see things that you don't see in one's world. So one of the things we've really seen on the come up is the one or is the 360 photo booth. Yeah. So we had some friends down in Nashville that, um, we met and then discovered they have a 360 photo booth and they were kind of giving us pointers, you know, inside whatever tips. And then Sabrina was like, you know, I'm bartending all these weddings that you're doing. Why not include this? In yeah. the whole, you know, thing. So it's just been, I think she's had it for like six months now. So it's, it's fairly new, but it's been awesome for, her. and for me too, you know, any of my public shows, it's pretty much a given that it's going to be there. Yeah. Um, and it's just a really cool, I feel like, additional thing to get her at some events at the college yeah heck yeah 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 it's a really cool and then you know I'm I make the video recaps after each one um which gives me like that creative outlet and I love doing it but it also is great publicity for her because I don't know if you've seen the recaps posting it but I feel like it also elevates just the whole just the whole like 360 booth you know purchasing the package in itself because you have that minute compilation yeah you know, and it's it's just cool to for especially broads or you know whatever to have to look back on 
Yeah, cool. So where's y'all's Here. next trip? Like, cause I see, I see your Instagram and you see all the pictures of y'all traveling. So like, what's next? So we actually, every February and March, we go down to, um, Bonita Springs. So Naples, mm-hmm. it's my dead period slow, you know, season, if you will. And her dad has a place down in Naples, um, which it's his busy season. He's an insurance. He owns storm insurance here in town. Um, but his wife, Sally, we go down there and hang out with her. And me and Sabrina are both really into shark teeth, like hunting for shark oh. teeth. Yeah, she got me going on it. But <laughs> she actually has caught some sharks, um, which is pretty crazy. But when we first got together, we went down to Panama City Beach, me, my mom and sister and her during COVID. We escaped down there for a week. And she saved up this money. She spent like $1,000 on shark, you know, a shark catching Poe, whatever. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all this dedication. All this stuff. And it was the very first night we were down there. Um and a jet skier, she paid him twenty bucks if he would bait it out so many yards, like the drop off. And he did he took the jet ski, took the Bonita fish, you know, this bloody fish, <laughs> takes it out to the drop off, drops it. And I was like, babe, I'm gonna go shower. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Have I'll be back down here, thing. you know, later. Yeah. So I come back down and I actually have a video of it, but I'm videoing her on Snapchat and I'm like, babe, you ain't catching no shark. And about <laughs> that time, that pole doubles over. Oh my gosh. And I mean, news crew shows up, police oh shows up. We had bystanders galore um, spectating this. We had a guy, God love him, I'll never forget. He was so sunburnt. Um, he came <laughs> over. And Sabrina had this and, you know, and all of all of her crazy things she bought for this shark, whatever (laughs) she it was like the strap that you set the pole in, you know, at your waist to kind of help you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like switching back and forth. Like her she's a this, small person. So yeah. Like, that concerns me. Oh, <laughs> after the night. Well, so she battles this shark for, I think, two and a half hours. Oh, my God. And at the time it was sunset. So like, you know, the, the rip currents, the waves were getting choppy. And I mean, news crew was ready, you know, Kentucky girl, like they had it all ready. Well, she had just switched and give it to him. And they were to the point to where, you know, the shark was so close that you had to keep it tight. I don't know if that's even a thing, but that's what they said. (laughs) Well, anyways, had to keep it tight. Well, he, you know, going down and up, whatever, to keep it. He had got so tired, he had stopped. And I guess enough, and the shark bit the line. Oh, no. So after two and a half hours, and I mean, she was devastated, but I'll never forget, she came back up to the room. I mean, it was our first day. So like, we were all sunburned. Yeah. And she got out of the shower, and I mean, she's completely white. And we're thinking, babe, you good? Like, that's that's a problem. But I think it was just because of all the energy. You know, she was so drained. And the next morning, she woke up, and she was sunburned. So when she slept. Yeah. But once she had that experience, I mean, it's been like, all when we go to Florida, all she does is shark fish. Um, and she's caught some, she's oh, reeled wow. some in. I mean, so that happened. And then like a couple months later, we were down in Fort Lauderdale with my sister and her husband and she casted one out just waist deep and reeled in like a six foot shark. Oh, wow. Within, oh my God, within like 20, 30 minutes. So can you imagine how monstrous this one was, Yikes. you know, that she yeah. was supposed to catch, but yeah. Oh Long story short, when we go down to Florida, Venice Beach isn't too far away Mm -hmm. from Naples, and it's like shark tooth capital of the world. So we spent a lot of time um, up there shark shark tooth hunting, and she really got me into it because 2022, we went to Topsail, North Carolina, which is known for like 
megalodon teeth. Are y'all familiar? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Topsail's one of my favorite. Yes. Yeah. So we only, like, we were, you know, going all up and down the Carolinas on this trip. And so we were only going to be in topsail for three days. And she kept saying, I'm going to find a meg tooth. Like, you know, and I'm thinking, here we go again. Like, <laughs> we'll see. Dream big. We found so many shark teeth. Um, and the third day, you know, third day, we had like maybe two hours left on the beach. We were wrapping up and we were walking. And then at one point she was like, let's walk this way. And we walked that way and she freaking pulls out oh a megalodon tooth. I mean, oh half the size of your, you know, size of your palm. Yeah. Wow. And it was wild. So since then, I mean, yeah, like I'm red tea. Like That's I want to awesome. find one so bad. But I have got to connect. I have a good friend in North Carolina who she's literally a shark tooth hunting expert. She writes mm. books on it. I'm like, That's I got to get her to like send, Heck send yeah. you some like It's addicting. Books or whatever. Yeah. Like, also, That's funny. I have like two little tiny, they look like they would be shark teeth. I don't think they are, but I'm going to send you a picture send and me. you can tell me. Do some identification. They're like the shape and like. The consistency, but I'm like, they're kind of small, and I just don't know. So I'll send it to you. My daughter found them, and I'm like, I don't know. Once you get in the groove of it, I mean, especially when we come back from a trip to the beach, and, you know, you train your eyes to look for these black specks. So going to bed at night, when I close them, all I see is the black specks. (laughs) And then even, you know, we get back home, and I'll, I'll be looking down. And like anything I see on like the carpet, like any discoloration or anything, you're like shark tooth. <laughs> oh yeah, God, it's, it's crazy. So funny. Yeah, it's a pretty cool. It's a lifestyle. And yeah. then to think like, you know, we're talking something fossil millions of years. Yeah, like yeah. That's, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Okay, so, so you're saying black speck. Can they also be white? They can, yeah. Okay. The whiter, <laughs> right? I don't white. think I've ever so seen white shark no, teeth. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think they they're more rare. <laughs> but no, Sabrina, <laughs> we found some I white. I highly doubt that what I have are shark teeth. You know, but I'm going to see you pick. Yeah, let me see you pick. Yeah, and when you have that little boy someday, mm-hmm. he'll be able to help you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. I hope so you're not disappointed. Uh, it'll be okay. Oh God, was that a, a boy? Oh no, God. All right. So, what are you most proud of about yourself? Because I feel like you have a lot to be proud of. But what are you most proud of about yourself? Uh, I think, mm, I think being a role model. I definitely, you know, pride myself on hopefully being like a positive, you know, role model to to little ones or even you know people in the same around the same age as me. Um, or even if it's just like my cousin or someone who, you know, sees me up on stage, whatever, just somebody that they see that's putting good out into the world and they, they're inspired to hopefully do the same. Um, and then if I can inspire people to be the best versions of themselves, it's all I really ever want. So it goes back to, to DJ and to, you know, the compliments, some of the compliments I've gotten after I've, you know, DJ to set or even a wedding, you know, moms or whatever age comes up to me and talks to me about the problems they're having at home and how these couple hours allowed them to really unwind and like, you know, be present and kind of alleviate some stress just through dancing and music. It definitely makes me so happy. And um, something else I try to give myself more credit for is the way I navigate through struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know everyone goes through hard times, but my dad passed when I was 21. Um, I mean, you know, everybody, for the most part, at least as far as people I've grown up with, have had the best dads. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mine was super hands on. And like I mentioned earlier about how close my family was, he, you know, he was one of my you know best friends. So he had a liver disease, disease, which progressed pretty rapidly. And he underwent 
two successful liver transplants in only like a oh, six-month wow. time frame. Um, and then an infection that kept settling in his abdomen. They went in for, I think they called it a womb vac mm-hmm. to kind of clear out the infection. Um, and they nipped a portal vein. Mm-hmm. So he never, yeah, he never woke up. Um, but, you know, like to, to lose a parent in itself, um, but especially one after they've overcame so many hurdles and, mm-hmm. you know, you've watched them fight so hard. It put me at a pivotal spot in my life. Um, and I was, you know, I'm the oldest of, of three and I'm my mom's biggest protector. So I had no choice but to be strong and to be kind of that positive outlet for my family. But like the way I see it, I had an amazing dad for 21 years, um, one that loved me and, you know, my family and was very attentive and, you know, a dad that, you know, all you want in a dad. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and although he was taken too early and although I miss him, you know, right all the time, it's like I've trained myself mentally to focus on the good and not the bad and then let it transcend to everything in my life. So I value people more in their time and I'm appreciative for all the people in my life. And I've always been like extremely close with my grandparents, which obviously continued after dad passed away. But my granddad really became that sound guy in my life. Mm. Um, we we, you know, talked every day, but to the point where the good transcended, I feel like, you know, say we went to breakfast, we would go to Dee's diner a lot to eat and I would leave my phone in the car just so I could be as fully present, you know, in the moment as possible. Because when you lose somebody, you know, so close to you, you have a different appreciation for people's time. And, you, you know, mm. you definitely know that it could, that could be taken from you in an instant. Yeah. And like we would go to me and Papa would go, you know, to games a lot. He was a big basketball fan. So instead of just meeting him at the game, I would go pick him up just to give us that extra time in the car, you know. Yes. So I've always tried to make the good out of every situation. And I know, again, it, it goes back to me like very intrigued by like people and dynamics and stuff. But I've always taken that role on in my family to be the protector and to be, you know, the one to just see the good and be the positive, you know, the positive outlet to where they could find strength in that and feed off of it. But yeah, you just never know how long you have someone. So I definitely feel like that's one of the things I'm most proud of is taking a shitty situation. You know, we've all been through it. Like Mm -hmm. I always hold on to the quote, like you could, we could all throw all of our problems in a pal and you're probably going to grab yours back. Right. Like everyone goes through shit, but yeah, I just, I think that's what I admire most about myself is navigating through the struggles. Yeah. And now we admire that about you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you all so much. <laughs> well, and I didn't know that about your dad. Is there anything yeah. that you'd like to say about your dad? Just oh, to, he was the I mean, best. I'm sure you could talk for hours. Oh, but. totally. No, he was, you know, even up till six months prior to his liver transplant, he was a picture of health. You know, he, he never abused. A lot of people think they think of liver disease that, yeah. you know, they do think of like alcohol and stuff. And we're very similar in the sense of we both would get so like... I don't know if high is the right word, but like social high. Yeah. Like we, like I'm very sensitive. I can barely drink coffee. Like, And he also never smoked, never drank, never did anything. And he unfortunately had a liver disease yeah. that, yeah. So it sucks to see people that abuse alcohol and stuff, you know, but anyways, um, six months prior, he was running a mal a day oh, wow. to where, you know, when it progressed um, rapidly, but he was just the best. You know, everybody says I look like, well, I see, I hear both mom and dad, but I definitely have my dad's like happy go lucky, you know, energetic personality and whatnot. Um, but yeah, he was my biggest, I mean, he coached me for most of my childhood. Um, 
I'm obviously a sports fan. He was a huge sports fan. And he really was, you know, one of my best friends. So I'm, I'm very blessed in a lot of ways yeah. to have him as a dad. Sorry, I, I, as, a, as a daddy's girl, uh, like, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah, well, I got to give my sister's a daddy's girl. You know, I, I know I keep going back to being my mom's biggest protector, but um, I've always been a mama's girl. And, you know, I think through losing dad, you know, me and my sister are very close and I mean, it rocked her world. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I really had to step up and be all the things I said earlier, because where it was a pivotal moment for me, you know, my sister was 19 and she was a daddy's girl to a T. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something I, I didn't know if I should even talk about on this podcast, but why not? Yeah. My brother's an addict. And, you know, I think living with that, you know, prior to my dad, it wasn't as bad. He was, he was young, but especially when my dad passed, um, he became, you know, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so for a while there, we really couldn't even mourn my dad because it was constantly, you know, in and out, we were living an active addiction with him and he's the best. I mean, to this day, I swear by he's, you know, if he could put that energy towards something good, out of me and my sister and my brother, me and my brother are the most alike as far as like the outgoing personality. But unfortunately, you know, he has, he has that, you know, it is a disease, right? Mm-hmm. He's an addict, but I really pray, you know, right now he, he's doing good and he lives in Paducah, which is where he got sober through a rehab. And I, you know, we have our, we have our disconnect a lot of the times. And I think he blames me for, you know, having to be the bad guy all those years and you know, calling the cops, whatever the thing may yeah. be, oh. because I had to be the one, right. you know, you dad in. was gone. Like I had, I had to be that person. And I know there's a lot of like, you know, whatever, I could go, you know, yeah, yeah whatever, yeah. you yeah. know, but of course I'm always going to put my mom and sister first. So yeah. I love him to death to this day. You know, we see each other at holidays and whatnot. And I hope one day we can come to a place of, you know, he's his best version of himself. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, what what is it? You're only as happy as your sickest child, whatever that is, as a mother. And like, yeah. you know, I see it through and through my mom all the time. You know, us three are her whole entire world. Mm-hmm. So for my mom's sake, but of course, for my brother's sake, I do hope that he can, you know, maintain and live a sober life and, and mm-hmm. be the best for himself for, you know, here on out. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I got on the tangent, but no, I just no, I feel thank like you for kinda, sharing that. Yeah, it kind of all so goes, yeah, and and you know it intertwines. It's life's not easy for anybody, but mm-hmm. it's just how you how you navigate it. All right, our last question for you. Yeah, then. Um, who are some women who've inspired you, or if you don't want to name specific women, what are qualities in women in your life that have inspired you? So my mom and grandma, hands mm-hmm. down. Um, two of the absolute strongest women I know. They are two queens that would do anything for anyone. Um, they've both been through it, but they continue to put others before themselves. And that's why I forever put them on a pedestal. But, you know, knowing their heart and how strong they are um, and then just how beyond caring they are for others definitely um, has inspired me. But aside from them, I feel like inspiration comes from... Isn't it like a mental stimulation on like what motivates you? Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't leave out my sister mm-hmm. just because, you know, I've said it. She's my best friend, but she's also been the person to always keep me grounded. We're different in a lot of ways, you know, similar to how I was describing me and Sabrina. But I think our differences um, allow us to push each other and give different perspectives. Um, again, you know, I'm the impulsive one and she's the one just like Sabrina, who centers me. But in that, I think, inspires me to be the best, per, you know, version of myself. So I would definitely say them too. Um, you know, women like you two that have podcasts, you know, allow <laughs> outlets like this for, 
you know, people to speak on and about topics like we've, you know, discussed. And then I have a lot of lady friends, you know, female friends, moms, whatever, that I get such inspiration from. I mean, moms in itself is something, you know, rock stars. Um, But yeah, there's just so many different things. I mean, I'm very intrigued by people. So Mm -hmm. I'm constantly inspired by, you know, everyone, women or, you know, both genders. Like, yeah, yeah, I definitely think that I'm easily inspired, but there's a lot of women in my life who um, motivate me. I am so glad we had you. I know. It's so cool to get to know you on a deeper level and like not just the person who's bringing the party. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to get deep here because I don't really, you know, share a lot on like, especially when this, because you want to, you know, they always say on social media, the grass looks greener, but people put out what they want you to see. Right. So, well, I mean, I just, I feel like with the things that you faced Mm -hmm. and the way that you faced, I mean, you are, you're an inspiration. Um, Well, thank you both. And like, you do make me feel like the least cool I've ever felt because you're You're so cooler. No, I mean, you're just so like, I just, I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate your honesty. Um, but yeah, you're awesome. And And you're so insightful. Yeah, yeah, and I'm excited Wise. for more people to get to know more about you because yes. I think you, so much. you have like just a so lot that people substance. can learn. Yeah, so much substance. Thank you. Very how much. old are you? Guess how old I, I am. I think you've got to be 24, similar to me. 25? I feel like you don't think she. You think she's a lot younger than me. You feel like she's a lot younger than me. I don't know. I feel like she's young, but like it's because I know. I, don't I feel like everybody's really young compared to me. I'm not very young. I'll tell you, I'm not 24 or 25. Oh, so you're Third, in your 20s? Thir- are you 30 yet? 30. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. I thought you were closer to my age. I'm 37. I'm sorry. Yeah, so you I'm sure I'll, I'll take it. Wise I'll take that. I'll take it. No, I'm 30. I'll actually be 31 in May. So Okay. okay. Yeah. But yeah, thank you so much. I know you're super busy. I oh, know you've you. a client you. tonight and all of those yes. things. But like, I just think it's so important for the people of Owensboro. And we have friends outside of Owensboro who yes. listen to this, but to get to know more about you and your story. Cause I Absolutely. think people have a lot that they can learn from you. Well, thank yes. you both for having me. Y'all sure. are awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Shana's sister, Felicia tells us what she loves about her sister. I am so proud of her for being true to herself and doing what makes her happy. She inspires me to step outside of my comfort zone and live life to the fullest. She would do anything in the world for anyone and is always putting others first. The best person with the best heart truly wants everyone around her to be happy, and it shows. I'm sure I can speak for everyone when I say she's always a positive energy to be around, constantly has a smile on her face, and is so welcoming and loving. Gosh, I could go on and on. There is so much to love about her. I couldn't be more proud of her and to call her my sister. 